fantastic message that he brought. In fact, I encourage you to listen to it if you can. Um, it'll be on the website, I assume, this week. And a uh, fantastic message. But very good to see you this morning. You doing okay? Great. You didn't sound very convincing. Are you okay? Yeah, you're okay. Fantastic. That's good. A very warm welcome to you. If you're visiting with us today, particularly if you're a guest, a very warm welcome. Lovely to have you with us. I trust you can relax and uh, enjoy what God's doing in, through, amongst us, and that you will be blessed by spending your time here. Hey, has anybody had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Birthday. Happy birthday. Where's my uh, host team of chocolates? Oh, I've lost them. Hang on. Chocolate is coming. You wait a whole year for a chocolate. You've got to have a chocolate. Can I have some chocolates for the guests, the, the birthdays? And I caught them off guard. Here they come. Here they come. Hold your hands up nice and high. Happy birthdays. Great. Birthday or wedding anniversary? Birthday? Brilliant. Make sure you don't get missed out. Wonderful. Father, I thank you for every person celebrating birthdays today. I declare your blessing over them in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord, that each one of them would hear your voice, would know your presence, and would know what it is to walk with you. So bless them, Father, I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't we turn our eyes to the news? Hey, church family, it's great that you can join us today. Yeah, and a great big welcome if you're watching online or from Tuaco campus, from North campus, or from Ruakuta campus, wherever you're watching from, it is great to have you with us. Yeah, and tonight we have Pastor Garth Chinpoi speaking at the 6pm gathering, so make sure you come along and hear his story. Also, next week at the 6pm gathering, we are going to be playing the Amazon series by Fantail Studios. It's going to be a lot of fun, so come along, and the producer and the star of all three episodes is Jared Van Berkel, and he's going to be joining us. On the 15th of February at 7pm, held at Ruakita campus, we have Activate Education. So make sure, if you want to know more information, to contact Michael Brown. We have Activate Conference coming up very soon. It's coming up from the 11th to the 13th of March and it's gonna be great. We have Pastor Paul De Jong joining us and Pastor Jacinda Goodsir. Make sure you sign up if you haven't already. If you want or need prayer, don't be shy and make sure you come down to the front after the gatherings and we have a prayer team available that would love to partner with you in prayer. Thank you so much, Church, for being purposed in your giving, and it's a huge part of our discipleship journey. It's a very important part, and we've made it as easy as possible, and there's many different ways where you can do this. The first one is we have giving stations located at our campuses in the foyers, and then you can also go to PushPay, or you can go to our website and find the bank details. Well, that's all the notices for today. Yeah, I pray that you experience God's love today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Man, Aunt Jane and Nikita, awesome. Wait, aren't they awesome? Yeah, come on. They do such a good job leading our youth ministry. And this morning, we're going to 
praise and worship musically together. So if you'd like to stand and join us. And I just encourage you, do what you need to do to meet with God this morning. All right? Let's go. When I think about your goodness, my heart is overcome. How can I begin to thank you for everything you've done? Because you keep on loving me. Cause my heart to say You make me come alive again Oh, you You make me come alive again Oh, 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 oh
you, Lord, that you are constantly good. Thank you that your love is unconditional, that we have full access to that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that you're present. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God of revival. You've already won the battle. You've already won the battle, Lord. Oh, 
sing, come awaken. Come awaken your people. Come awaken the city. Oh God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh God of revival, pour it out. Come on, let's declare that. Come awaken. Come awaken the people. Come awaken the city. I will accept. 
reckon you can't sing a song like that and then just kind of finish like that no I was just looking out I'm not being critical and I'm talking to you online at home too sitting on the couch you know how can you sing I exalt the name of God I turn my eyes to him I turn my eyes why don't you just close your eyes for a minute and turn your eyes to him just picture him on the throne majesty of God the grace of God the elders around him worshipping him Holy Spirit flood this place with your presence this morning give everyone a revelation of true worship before you the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords truth for you this morning. Heaven's not going to be a quiet place because it's saturated in worship. Saturated. Why don't you start to exalt the name of the Lord right where you are. Speak it out. Come on. There's power in speaking. Don't let someone on your left or right do it for you. You do it. Speak out. We praise you, Jesus. We honour you. We lift you up, Jesus. We celebrate you this morning. We're honoured to be in your presence, Lord. We exalt you. We lift you up. We celebrate you. We say thank you to you. There is no other God anything like you. You are. You've always been. And this morning we come into your presence. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up. We lift you up, Jesus. We praise you. We honour you. Come on, start just to let a song come from your spirit this morning. Lift them up. Come on. This is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Let us sing so His name together. Come on, lift your voices this morning. His name right now. He is worthy of our best. Let us sing so His name forever. 
to wake up this morning. We praise you, Lord. We honour you. You deserve our very, very best. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in this place. The fullness of God amongst us. We recognise your presence. And Lord, this morning I ask that even as we've worshipped, as we've lifted your name high, there is a divine exchange taking place amongst us, whether we're in this building, whether we're online this morning. Father, if there's anxiety, I command it to go. Fear, I command you to go in Jesus' name. And the exchange of hope and peace direct from heaven to take its place. Sickness, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. You've got no right. Jesus paid for you. So this morning I release health, healing, wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. In bodies. Jesus' name. Poverty and need, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. I release abundance in Christ. Jesus' name. Thank you that you're our everything. We recognize you this morning, Lord, as our everything. We honor you. Thank you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Why don't you look to someone on your left or your right, say good morning, and then say, Isn't our God awesome? Isn't our God awesome? Isn't our God amazing? Isn't he remarkable? Isn't he miraculous? He's so good. And he loves you. And he loves me. Well, it's fantastic. Hey, if you've just joined us online at North Campus and at Tuaco, a very warm welcome to you this morning. It is our great pleasure to have Steve and Sally McCracken with us today. And uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but Melbourne's been locked down again. And um, not that they could get here anyway because they couldn't come. Um, but we really wanted to allow them to speak into the life and the heart of Activate Church this morning. Um, even though they couldn't be here, so we've, we're doing it by line, but they're live on the other end. You've got to feel for them because um, Steve preached at the 8.30 gathering as well, which is 6.30 his time. So he had an early start. and um, Well, they both had an early start. Actually, you'll see the, they'll be up there in a minute. They're looking pretty good for people who had an early start. And um, it is a great privilege to journey with these guys. It's wonderful to journey with friends in ministry and in life. And it's wonderful also to journey with a prophet who is just a little bit removed and can speak objectively into the life of um, our church. So we, Jan and I, and I trust you as well, absolutely value our relationship with Steve and Sally, and we love doing life with them. 
And uh, this morning, Steve's going to speak his heart. Hopefully, they're going to pop up on the screen any second. And uh, give them a big welcome when they do. <laughs> Wonderful. Welcome, guys. Nice to have you with us again. I'm going to hand it all over to you. Fantastic. Well, good morning. Activate churches globally. And there's a, not just nationally, but globally. Let's prophesy from the start. How does that sound? Good morning, good morning. We've been with you every year for eight years. First year, we can't be with you in person, but we are with you in spirit. And it's wonderful to see um, the church there, so you, Sheridan. And so good morning, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Activate Churches and everyone watching online. We miss you guys. We wish you could, we could be there with you, but we're so looking forward to just continuing to share the journey with you. And Steve has a powerful message to share this morning with you. Um, yeah, I, I actually slipped out of the room for the first service, which I'm going to do again, and I was going to watch online, but I didn't need to because I could hear him very well through the whole house as he ministered. So he has got a powerful word, not just for Activate Churches, but for the church globally. So I really encourage you to lean in and listen. We love you guys so much. I'm going to say goodbye, but bless you heaps. And thank you, Pastor Sheridan and Jan. We love you so much. I must say that I am the most blessed man on the face of the planet. God gave me a great gift when he gave me Sally McCracken. But he's also blessed Sally and I by uh, just connecting our hearts with you guys, Pastor Sharon, Pastor Jan, uh, the whole team there. We truly, 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 truly love you guys. And I pray that you will enter in even right now from the start. I may be on the screen. I may be larger on the screen than some of you would like me to be. Um, but I am uh, <laughs> with you in the spirit. And uh, let's lean in. Let's grab hold. I believe these are very significant times for the church, Pastor Sheridan. I believe these are very significant time for that church. And I think there is a shift coming from churches to the church to there is one church many different congregations and even here represented today i know there are a few and so i want to get into that but let me start in the right place and let us pray but i just want to say this morning that the first service i preached something completely different so i encourage you those that are in the second service please listen to it because you need that message as well but let's invite the Spirit of God to be the Spirit of wisdom and revelation as we need Him today. Holy Spirit of the Most High God, we acknowledge Your presence. We acknowledge that You are the Spirit of truth, the Bible says. You are the Spirit of wisdom. You are the Spirit of revelation. And so we let You loose in our environment, in our lives, in our family, in our mind, in our emotions, in our complete being. We yield. We submit. We know that, God, you want to fill us. You want to speak to us, but you don't violate free will. So we surrender. We yield. God, teach us again the beauty and the power of yieldedness, of surrender, almighty God. That surrender means power. That yielding means freedom in Jesus' mighty name. So have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone shouted amen. Praise God. I wish I could see your lovely faces. I get to see Sheridan's. Well, praise 
God, I can use my imagination. Lord Jesus, give me a special grace and anointing. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hey, I, I want to start, and as I was praying before I get into the main message, I want to bring, I heard this phrase so clearly, it was reassess and adjust for advancement. Reassess and adjust for advancement. And I believe that, then I heard three statements. The first was stubborn people refuse to reassess and adjust. And, and, and just think about that. It's like, no, we know what we're doing. We're just going to power ahead, power ahead, power ahead. But God said that godly people respond to the Spirit's leading, not to natural circumstances and KPIs. we got to be careful in the days that we live in church that we're not responding to what we hear on the news. We're responding to the Spirit. We need to be wise. We need to be diligent. We need to be obedient. We need to be safe, but we need to respond to the Spirit's leading. And this is about kingdom advancement, not about natural success. So the things that God has declared over Activate Church, I see right now in the Spirit that they are still on track. They are still on time. They still have an appointed time, and the appointed time is now. But godly people, we reassess and we adjust. It doesn't mean we're off track. It means we're still listening, and God is still working because it's all about kingdom advancement. Amen. 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 I'm gripped in my spirit, my friends. I'm gripped. I'm gripped. I'm gripped. And I want to talk about the church that Jesus is coming back for. The church that Jesus. Can I preach myself happy? Can I do that? That church that Jesus is coming back for. I'm convinced that half of my suburb can hear me right now, but that's okay because we need to hear what the word of the Lord is saying. I want to say that who the church is called to be is a much more important question than what am I called to do. Did you hear me? Who the church is called to be, who we are actually called to be, who are we are becoming is much more important than what am I called to do. God is shifting us from an individualistic mindset to a body mindset to a whole mindset. Now, I want to declare that the church is not an organization. It is not an organization, but the church is a spiritual people. We are a spiritual people. We are birthed in Christ, and we follow Christ. It's not enough to be birthed in Christ. These are days where a line has been drawn in the sand, not from those that confess Jesus as Lord, but those that actually follow Jesus as Lord. There are too many ones who are confessing one thing and living another, and these are times for followers of Christ to follow Christ. Jesus' first words were, follow me. It wasn't just believe in me. It was follow me. And I want to come and I want to talk about the church that Jesus is coming back for. So what does it actually look like? What does the church that Jesus, do you believe that Jesus is coming back, church? Do you believe it? Do you believe he's coming back for a certain type of church? So let's look at that together. God has been taking me deeply, Pastor Sheridan, into Revelation 2 and 3. Man, I've been marinating now. I don't think I've ever preached on Revelation before this year. It's a, a book that I, 
I honestly say I don't understand much of it, but God has been gripping me about the seven churches that Jesus gave a revelation to John on the island of Patmos. And I believe more than ever that God is speaking to us right now. So if you've got your seatbelt strapped on church and your spiritual ears open, let me talk to you about the churches in the book of Revelation and to the churches right now in New Zealand and Australia and the nations of the earth. The way that the Revelation 2 and 3 is written is Jesus is talking to the to seven different churches, to the leaders of the seven different churches. And in each of the seven churches, there's a walkthrough. Jesus introduces himself a certain way in each each church. He introduces himself a different way. Then he says, I, I know this about you, and he commends them for some things. Then he says, I have some things that need a shift and change I have against you. And then he finishes it up with eternal promises to that are different to each of the seven churches, glorious promises. But there is only two statements, two statements. Everyone say two. There are two statements that are repeated to all seven churches. Pastor Sheridan, only two. He says different things about himself, different things about what he likes, different things about what he doesn't like, different things about eternal prophecies. But only two statements are said to all seven churches. And they are the two statements that God is wanting to say to the church right now. The first is this. You've heard it before, church. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, whoever has ears, whoever is listening, I need you to hear what the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit, not what the news, not what the media, not what my feelings, not what my emotions, not what my circumstances, not what my lack, not what my body, not what my friends, not what my past, not what my present, not what my regret. No, we need to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches, not just to me individually, but to the churches. This is a collective word. That is the one thing he said. But the next thing he said, the only other thing he said to every church, and it is the main thing I've got to talk about to that, is this. He who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, to the one who is victorious. And I want to shout it loud that the church that Jesus is coming back for is victorious. Everyone shout victorious. Shout it again, shout it again, victorious. Church that Jesus coming back for is victorious. Please go with me on a little journey here. The word victorious means having won a victory. Having won a victory. It means triumphant. And this is so important because as I read it through, and Pastor Sharon, you know this well, when we read through the scriptures in Revelation, he says, I know your works, I know that you have persevered and Interesting to the one he says, I know you have persevered. He says, but you need to be victorious. And God is saying there is a difference between perseverance and being victorious because perseverance is just to keep on going. But you can keep on going in the wrong direction. You can keep on going off track. No, it's not to the one who perseveres. It's the one who is victorious. But here's the challenge. We as Christians want no battles. But God wants for us as Christians to win battles. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you heard me. We don't want battles. No, 
God wants us to win battles. There is something sweet about victory, about overcoming, about winning a battle. And the worship leader declared that God has won the battle, and he has, and there is victory in Christ. But there is a laying hold of, there is a taking hold of, there is an overcoming that is required. Why? Because Jesus is coming back for a church that is not limping across the line in defeat, but is victorious to the very end. Amen. I said to God recently, God, I just want it to be easier. And God said to me instantly, no, I actually want you to be stronger. And so the word of the Lord to you and I is not that it's to be easier for us. It's actually that we are to become stronger in Jesus' name. Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. Now, I want to lean into what areas is God calling the church to be victorious in? And I want to walk through Revelation. And there's a bunch of things, and I really pray that we hear the word of the Lord very clearly here. I want to jump to Revelation 2 verse 4. Is our connection good, Pastor Sheridan? Wonderful. Praise God. Revelation 2. Verse 4, the first church, Jesus says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. He's just commending them. He says, I know your works. I know your perseverance. I know that you love uh, doing things for God. But he says, but you've forsaken your first love. And in the context of he who has ears to hear, let you hear what the Spirit says to the church. I need you to be victorious. The first thing is we need to be victorious against familiarity with God. We need to be victorious against drifting away from first love. Most of us in this room, we won't walk away. We won't run away. But there is a drifting away that can happen and that can take place. And so God wants us to be victorious against familiarity, against our love growing cold. Some of us need a return to that which we did at first. The second thing is in Revelation 2 verse 10 it says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I need you to really lean in. This is right now. Some of us say, okay, can we skip this one? I need you to hear the word of the Lord. I need you to hear. God needs you to hear his spirit right now. Whoever has ears, Whoever has ears, I need you to hear what the Spirit is saying. To the one who is victorious, do not be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. How many people are enjoying the word of the Lord right now? Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. You might hear this and might say, well, this doesn't apply to us. This may be applied to the people in the Bible. But we need to hear and understand people in New Zealand right now, people in Australia right now, persecution and suffering for being Christians is coming our ways. You might say, I don't want to receive that word. You need to hear the word because it is coming in this time where the government is declaring and decreeing what is right and what is wrong and declaring what is wrong is right and what is right is wrong. You need to understand that there is persecution coming. And Jesus is telling us ahead of time, I need you to be victorious in suffering. 
for righteousness sake. Verse 14 and verse 15 and verse 20, two different churches. Uh, just before we go to it, Jesus says, as I said, different things to different churches. But there's only one thing when he talked about things that we need to be victorious over. Only two churches he says the same thing to. So he says to me, Pastor Sheridan, this is pretty important right now. And so listen to the word of the Lord. This is this is about the times that we live in church. And I'm speaking as a prophet. I'm declaring boldly, but I need you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Verses 14 and 15 and verse 20. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam. Now listen, Balaam is the Greek, is symbolic of a false teacher. Balaam means perhaps, perhaps, question, is that really what God is like? Is that really what God has said? Is that really what God means? Is that really sin? Is that really, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me, church? False teacher who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin. Listen, listen, listen. This is not about the world sinning. This is about false teaching, perhaps, who is trying to entice the church, the people of God, the Israelites, to sin so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. I'm going to come back to them. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. And again, in the Greek, I went and had a look. It is a sect who is charged with holding the era of Balaam. And it means the destruction of people. Now go with me to verse 20. I'm about to make sense. Please stay with me. Verse 20, nevertheless, this is another church. I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel and in the and again, when you go into the Greek, it's synonymous with a false teacher. Listen, Balaam, false teacher. The Nicolaitans, false teacher. Jezebel, a false teacher. You have tolerate this woman, Jezebel. Remember, this is said to the church, people. This is not the world. Hear me, hear me, hear me. To the church, you have tolerated the woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By teaching, her teaching, she misleads my servants. This is Jesus, my servants, my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. And here is the word of the law we're going to hear, and it's connected to the one before about not being afraid and not giving up and persevering and being victorious and suffering when persecution comes. This is the word of the law. We need to be victorious against heresy. That leads to contamination, food off to idols, contamination, the Lord said to me, and immorality in all its forms. Right now, there is teaching pervading the church and pervading the world under the guise of grace that calls sin okay. It's okay. And there's calling things that the truth, it is calling it legalism. And I am calling the church of Jesus Christ back to being ones that, uh, anchored in the truth. And Jesus is saying, I need you to be victorious. I pray you're hearing the word of the Lord right now. This is so strong and powerful in the spirit. In Australia, 
they have literally just passed a bill that if you talk on sexual things or gender things and saying that there's anything wrong with things that the Bible calls a sin, that you in Australia now, in Victoria, we face up to 10 years imprisonment. This has just been passed, people. You need to understand that this is going to accelerate. The guild is saying it's not wrong. Come on, grace, grace, grace. And it says in this passage so clearly, it is about leading the Israelites into sin, leading God's servants away from the truth. This is not to bash people, and this is not to come against people, but there is coming a time, and it is now, says the Lord, that the truth is under attack, and there is coming a drawing, a line in the sand where you will either believe what God says, or you will believe what is dictated to you. There will become illegal to declare the truth, and God is saying, I'm coming back for a church that is victorious. I'm coming back for a church that will not sell out its soul. It will not sell out to compromise. It will not sell out even if you end up in prison. God says ahead of a time, if you end up in prison for righteousness, do not bemoan that, but know that you are planted there like Joseph was planted there, like Daniel was planted there. We need to understand that even in the time of persecution that the kingdom of God and the gospel of the kingdom can advance. This is a time where Christians will actually be identified Identified as ones who hold to the truth and who overcome and are victorious against heresy that says sin is okay and it is not sin. There's no light and fluffy stuff here today, church, because this is important. This is a now word. Verse chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And just before I go on to that, I want you to hear again the importance, the fact that to two churches, God spoke about the heresy that leads to contamination and immorality for God's people, for God's people. It's the only thing. It is the spirit of this age. It is the spirit of this age. The Bible says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. It doesn't say relabel what is evil and call it good. We've got to hate what God hates. We've got to love what God loves. And I want to declare to you that God loves people. Can I hear an amen? Come on, shout me down. God loves people. For God so loved the world. We've got to, people say you can't you can't hate the sin and, and love the sin. You, the people are saying that, that, that those lines have been blurred. Well, we've got to unblur them. Man, God loves people. God loves people. Even to the woman caught in adultery, he didn't just say, I love you, I love you, he loved you. He says, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. He still called it sin. Sin is sin. The gospel of the kingdom can only be received when the kingdom of God is preached repentance where it is forgiveness of sins there is repentance for the forgiveness of sins that's the only way you can't repent of sins if you don't know something is sin come on the only way into the freedom that we want is through the doorway of repentance and that means you know what God you know what is right you determine what is right I don't determine what is right what I feel comfortable with has got nothing to do with truth 
And these are times where the church is going to cross the line victorious. I want to tell you, Pastor Sheridan, Pastor Jan, come on, Pastor Ray, Wendy, I want to declare over you, Jay, Nikita, come on, Luke, come on, people of God, we need to understand that we are going to cross the line victorious and we're not going to buy into the line that it is okay to live like the world. No, we've got to be salt and light in the world. How, how will the world know if we're the same as the world? We've got to have the salt and the light. Amen, amen, amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, talking about being victorious to the angel of the church inside us, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. This is the next thing God says you need to be victorious and you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. In other words, you're saying one thing, but you're living another thing. What is this? It's hypocrisy. And again, the world has turned away from the church because of hypocrisy. And God says, I need you to be victorious against hypocrisy. There needs to be a congruence. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, come on, set an example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. We need to lead by example. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We need to persevere and we need to be victorious against hypocrisy. And then he says, wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. What is that? That is unfinished work that God has given us to do. The Bible says, Jesus is saying, I need you to finish the work. Jesus said in John 17, I finished the work that you gave me to do. Father, and by doing so, I brought you glory. I brought you glory because I finished the work. And he had to be victorious in the garden. He had to be victorious over his flesh, over his feelings. He said, not my will, but yours be done. What is that? I am victorious to complete the work that you gave me to do. The apostle Paul, who went through suffering after suffering, said, I have finished the race. I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. It is time that Jesus says, I need my church to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to actually cross the finish line victorious and to finish the work. Activate church. Pastor Sheridan, Pastor Jan, I have not called you to do half of what I've called you to do. I have not called you to do three quarters. I have not called you to do a watered down version. I want the full, undiluted, undefiled, powerful vision fulfilled that I've given you to do, says Lord your God. I want you to be victorious against unfinished work. Verse 15, the last one. Revelation 3.15, I know your deeds. That you are neither cold, you are neither hot. I wish you were one or the other. This is the last thing I want to speak about being victorious against, and that is against being lukewarm. Isn't this a needed word for many of us, even sitting in this room right now? Church has become optional. Prayer has become optional. The word of God has become optional. 
we're glad we're Christians, we're glad we're going to heaven, but life seems to be very uh, similar to what it was before we met Christ. Maybe it's similar to those that we work with. Maybe people can't even tell the difference. Would people be surprised if they heard we're a Christian? I want to call the church. The church is called to be victorious over becoming lukewarm. And again, watch the step through to these seven churches. It starts with um, being victorious against familiarity, coming and stepping away from this first love. And the last thing is about neither, don't be, it's not about being lukewarm. Come on, be hot, be hot. It's connected to the first love. But in between, we've got to hear the word of the Lord in between to keeping our first love and keeping hot for God. We need to understand that we need to be victorious again in suffering we need to be victorious against heresy that leads to contamination and immorality in all its forms we need to be victorious against hypocrisy and we need to be victorious against unfinished work this is the church that jesus is coming back for i just want to mention a couple other things the church that jesus is coming back for is pure the church that Jesus is coming back for in Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave himself, Christ gave himself up for the church. Why? To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word of God. We are cleansed by what is written in the word. We are cleansed by the truth of the word, not by the contamination of the world. In fact, the truth of the word needs to cleanse us from the contamination of the world. Did you hear me, church? Some of us need to be brainwashed. We need our brains to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And he says, because I have actually laid down my life to present you to my father at the end of the day victorious holy washed by the water of the word and to present her to himself in the end times as a radiant church as a triumphant church as a holy church as a pure church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless holy and blameless all be holy even as i am holy says the lord god is not looking for some christians in label and in name but indeed and in action in transformation of life in jesus name and the final thing I want to say about the church that Jesus is coming back for is he's coming back for a church that's actually like Jesus. Come on. He's coming back for a church that's like Jesus. In Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, it says that so Christ himself gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ may be built up for how long? until we all reach unity in the faith and unity in the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Pastor Sheridan, Pastor Jack, Steve McCracken, Sally McCracken, leaders in the church, our job is not just to equip people to do good works. It is actually to bring the body of Christ into maturity so that when people see us, they see Jesus to the whole measure of the fullness. John 1, John 4, 17, in this world, 
you are like Jesus. But the context is, it says in 1 John 4, 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. We will have confidence when Jesus Christ comes back again for his victorious church. Because in this world, our goal is to be like Jesus. In this world, our goal is to be like Jesus Christ. We are called to be victorious until the very end. Hallelujah. I just, before I hand back to Pastor Sheridan, in June last year, God started to talk to me about the church. And I pray that this is translated through the spring so clearly today. The number one thing, if you get nothing else, is the church that Jesus is coming back for. Please saturate yourself in Revelation 2 and 3. To the one who has ears, whoever has ears, come on, I need you to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And the only one thing that is said to all seven churches is to the one who is victorious. Come on, to the one who is victorious. It's not about no battles. It's about winning battles, church. But in June last year, God started to speak to me about the church. And in that, he gave me 15 statements. There's lots more about the church that he's coming back for. And let, let me just read them to you as a list and let me speak into your spirit. Maybe you want to just close your eyes right now and let me speak it. This is the church that Jesus is coming back for. And this is the church who we are called to be right now. Number one, we are called to be kings and priests. We are called to be kings and priests. Number two, we are called to fear the Lord, but not to live afraid. Number three, we are called to be so beautiful that God is clearly seen. Number four, we are called to be consecrated, covenantal, sacrificial people. Number five, we are called to be victorious until the end. Number six, we are called to be people of prayer. Number seven, we are called to have a spiritual, creative transformative voice. Pastor Sheridan, I declare it over you. Pastor Jen, I declare it over you. Activate churches, I declare it. You are called to have a spiritual, creative, transformative voice. Don't be an echo. Be a prophetic voice to your nation in Jesus' name. Number eight, we are called to be vessels of justice. Number nine, we are called to set the standard for morality. We are called to set the standard for morality. Number 10, we are called to have no idols in our lives. Number 11, we are called to be aware but not afraid of the devil's schemes. Number 12, we are called to be intolerant of evil. We need a revelation of this. 13, we are called to fight spiritually from a seated position of delegated authority praise god number 14 we are called to proclaim the gospel of god's kingdom to the world and number 15 we are called to live in god's original design let me pray father in the name of the lord jesus christ who i pray the spirit of god shifts us today from any complacency or lukewarm or it's okay just to be a Christian and attend church and just go about life. God, you're coming back. 
Jesus, you're coming back for a victorious church. A church without spot or blemish. A church that is blameless. A church, oh God, that is victorious over familiarity or in suffering. That is victorious over heresy that leads to contamination and immorality. God is victorious, almighty God, against hypocrisy and unfinished work and being lukewarm. Lord, we declare as a church right now that we will fight the battles you've assigned to us. And God, we will stand up for righteousness and truth in a way that honors you and opens the door for people to encounter your love and your grace and your truth. We give our lives to your We give every part. Come on, church. We give every part. Have it all. Lord, have your way. And may we be the church that you are coming back for in Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much, Activate Church, for having me on the screen there. And we just love you guys dearly, dearly, dearly. We love you, Pastor Sharon and Pastor Jan. You guys are just just some of our closest friends on the planet. God bless you. We love you. And we look forward to being back in the room in person with you as soon as we can. Very God good. bless you. Very good. Thank you, Steve. Can we please honour Steve for being straight and honest and direct, bringing the Word of God. I find it quite interesting. You know, the last three weeks, three weeks ago, it was be ready. Be ready. Last week it was about the persistent widow, but Jesus said, will I find faith when I return? And he was talking in the context of those who had sold their lives out to him that were prayers and worshippers. And then today we hear about the church that Jesus is coming back for. I think he's just cranking it up a little bit. Cranking it up a bit. You know, God's been speaking to me about ensuring that um, as a church, to ensure that the leaders in our church are always in a good place with them. In other words, making sure that they're not hypocrites, that we live the way we say we live, and yep. that you can have confidence in people leading. Can't do anything about what I don't know, but I can do things about what I do know. Amen. And God's looking for a, this, you know, wherever, whenever. How's it go? Amazing, eh? I, I think the word this morning needs a response. And not a response that we just leave at the door. I think it needs a response that allows God to seal something in our hearts about the church He desires, the church He's raising up, that we carry into the week with us. So if you've heard the word this morning, and you're going, God, I, I want to be that church because we are the church, not the building. God, I want to be that church. I want to be that person that's sold out for you completely. I want to be that person that speaks the truth in and out of season. I want to be that person that loves like Jesus. I want to be that person that's known for being hot in my love to you. Why don't you stand right where you are?
Gee, I should have qualified that. Sit down again. I was really challenged this week in the book of Ezekiel or Jeremiah, one of them, there somewhere. And God's talking to the Israelites through the prophet, and he says, I'm really, really ticked off with you, to the people of Israel. And he says, I'm ticked off with you because we split the, the calf in half, and people walked through the middle and made declarations to me of how they were going to live that they were going to serve me, that they were going to honour me. And he said, now what's happened? People walked through there, said this, but didn't do any of it. I'm going to invite you to stand again, same as before, if you're saying yes to Jesus. But only stand if you intend to walk out the door and actually give yourself to living the life he's called us to live. Don't make a hypocrite of yourself by standing in here, getting out the door and living a completely different life. Don't make a hypocrite of yourself by standing in here, Jesus, I worship you, I love you, and then sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend tonight or abusing your spouse or your children or being dishonest or whatever. No, actually, we all make mistakes, but I want you to stand up because you're standing up before God, not before me saying, God, help me live the life you've called me to live. Not just in here, out there. If you still want to stand up, feel free. Father, you see every heart in this place, every person, and you love each one so dearly. North Campus, He sees you, every one of you. Tuako, He sees every one of you. Online this morning, He sees every one of you. You see our desire. We're asking help. Help us be the church you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rest on every person now in the name of Jesus, empowering us to be the church you've called us to be. In our own strength, we cannot do it. But in your power, with your power, with you, we can be the church you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, meet every person this morning. I'm asking for a revelation of your power, as well as your love, your grace, your mercy, your kindness, but this morning your power to hold us, direct us, and help us to be the church you've called us to be. Our hearts are yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, like the song goes. And our cry is, help us, Jesus. Help us. I bless your church in the name of Jesus this morning. I thank you for challenging us. And I thank you for directing us. Let us be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Well, I'll let you go, other campuses. Hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you for joining us this morning. If you're online, wonderful. For us, hey, here's an idea. When you pick up your kids this morning, blow the kids' workers away with your gratitude. That would be good, wouldn't it? Go out there and just like 
I was going to slap them on the back. You might hurt some of them. Don't do that. Just like blow them away. Just say, thank you so much for investing into my kids. It's awesome. Make sure you do that. That would be amazing. And uh, there's wonderful people out there with your children serving. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, tonight we've got Garth Chinpoi with us. His story's amazing. I encourage you to come back, hear his story. Great story. Uh, that'll be great. Also, thank you so much for your uh, faithfulness and purposed, being purposed in your giving. really does empower us to do what God's asked us to do as a church. And uh, so thank you for that and these giving stations in the foyer or as you saw online, whatever. But I pray this week, wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And if you make a mess of it, don't kick yourself for too long. Get up and go again. Yeah? Just get up and go again. Actually, I hope you're in an um, Activate group too because that's a really good place. You can say to the, the group there, you know, oh, I blew it this week and they'll lay hands on you and bless you and say, go again. It's a great, that's what groups are for. So I bless you in the name of Jesus as you go. Have a fantastic week. Thank you. Shall we sing something to go? Feels like we need to, eh? That's great. Hey, can we give Steve, can still hear us, can we give Steve another big hand? Thank you for being with us, Steve. We love you guys. Appreciate you. And Sally, we'll catch up soon. Thank you. All right, I think that it's only right that we sing victory over our life, over this place, and as we leave. So we're going to do victory. Yeah. All right, let's go. Calling me into your open arms God, I choose to walk with you With all my heart All the trials may come That your will be done You've already won So with everything My heart will sing That you are king Savior, healer, there is no one like you, you are my God, holy, you have won it over me, you have won the victory.